Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything from t-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets. And of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days, like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection or the rich and polished premium slub crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use Staple 20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. All right, Jake, whenever you're ready, go ahead and introduce us. All right, well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Wisco Fanatics Friday Night Packers Edition. That was a mouthful here. Um, we are joined, full house. Yep, here goes Simon, just the most <laughs> immature person in the room at all times. Hi, Simon, how you doing? Hey, Alaska didn't mature you at all, I see. I'll taste, I'll take something Jake has never heard for 400 <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. This episode starting out on par. Dude, That's all I know. Do we so, want to restart? <laughs> no, we're fine. We're doing fine. We're having fun. People are going to look at us and be like, look at these fools. It's fine. We're here. We're on a Friday night. We all work hard. We have long weeks. We're old men. Not as old as you two, though. I got called old all Wednesday, so now you guys are old and I'm not. So this feels much better. Um. Anyways, we have a great episode planned for you guys. Uh, draft recap. Uh, we did a little... Uh, drafting ourselves, I'll say, uh, with the players. So we each have three. Uh, we're also going to do a sniper team, uh, who a team that picked players right before our picks or picked players that we really liked going into the draft. So we all have a sniper team in in mind. Um, Greg says, "Yo, guys, yo, Greg, how you doing, buddy?" Yo. Um, <laughs> it just makes me think of my daughter. She goes, "Yo, yo, yo!" So we talk that. <laughs> Whenever she sees people, she goes, yo, yo, yo. <laughs> so just a little two-year-old that's three feet tall. You know, it's it's hilarious. <laughs> but um, with that being said, Tyler, how you doing, buddy? Oh, not bad. I'm, uh, I've am i been really, really focused on Monday. Monday is going to be a big deal. I know the Brewers just lost, unfortunately, uh, especially to, to lose in a tough way. But uh, we're excited for when the, the Brewers are back home from their – uh, road trip because Jake and I'll be there on Monday as Wisco fanatics, not just in attendance, 
as fans. So we're really excited for that. But uh, yeah, so we can let's. You guys want to do snipers or picks first? Uh, I'll say snipers. I like snipers. Let's do snipers yeah, first. I agree. Do snipers. snipers first. All right. So Jake, uh, you talked a bunch, so we're gonna go to Bryant first. Um, okay. So Bryant, give me your sniper of the draft. Okay. So I was I was gonna give the Bears credit, which I rarely ever do, but I really like the Darnell Wright pick. I don't know that we would have picked him at 13, but that's a great that was a really good pick. But for the snipers, I feel like they kind of got us twice. I don't know that obviously none of us know that we would have taken uh, Green Bay would have taken these players, but uh, I'll go with the Carolina Panthers. They took. In the second round, they took John, Jonathan Mingo, three picks before us. And then again in the fifth round, they took Jamie Robinson, the safety, three picks right before us. And uh, those are players we talked about extensively. I don't know that we take Mingo over Musgrave or that we take um, uh, Robinson there in the, the fifth. But, yeah, I thought, I thought that was a couple players that they took three picks right before us that I kind of liked. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, Simon, who was your draft sniper? Uh, I took Pittsburgh. I think we were all kind of pounding our chest over Darnell Washington. And he slipped a lot further than maybe I thought he would. So I was kind of hoping, especially with how much draft capital we ended up with, that we try to trade up and go for him in the third. Um, and then I also, they ended up taking Keanu Benton, which I was kind of I was kind of high on him. I thought we could have shored up our defensive line a little bit better. Um but that's just my opinion. So that's kind of who I rolled with. I like both those picks. Greg's watching on YouTube while going for a walk. Makes a solid oh, yeah. Star Wars reference. I get it, Greg. I get it. <clears throat> uh, Jake, who is your draft sniper? <laughs> um, I went with the Seahawks. And what yes, I know draft. the overall pick. Uh, Devon Witherspoon is a great pick at number five, in my opinion. Um, but if you would ask Packers fans who they would have taken, that's the reason why I picked the Seahawks uh, JSN at number 20 uh, get a wide receiver, get a weapon in the first round for, for Jordan love. They take Derek Hall at number 37, an edge player. That would have been a nice pick for us as well. And then they go Zach Charbonneau uh, at number 52 and number 108, they go Anthony Bradford. So they get a guard and they get a running back, a three down running back. In my opinion, Charbonneau is very underrated. He's going to be solid for the Seahawks for a long time. They have a nice one, two punch out there now, but yeah, I think the Seahawks had a phenomenal draft. It would have been a phenomenal draft for anybody, especially the Packers, where they were hitting our positions of need in their draft. Yep. Yeah, the Seahawks definitely had probably a top five draft. Um, <clears throat> I still hold that I think the I think the Texans um, had the best draft. That's my opinion. Um, Scott, we it. don't do you know as far as the Packers how they fared in the draft. Uh, I think they did a really good job of addressing needs. I love that after Gudikins picked a, a defensive player in the first round, that he went pass catcher, pass catcher, pass catcher right after that. So I actually really liked those first four picks. Um, I think those are a, a really great start to that draft, um, which which we'll get into individually here in a minute. <clears throat> For my draft sniper, I went with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they They pissed me off twice. <laughs> Once was in the sixth round. They grabbed Andre Yoshivas one pick before the Packers took Anders Carlson, um, which I'm not mad at. The, I'm not mad at the kicker pick, but uh, potentially missing out on Yoshivas, who was a guy who was a sleeper for myself, and I think Simon had him as a yeah, sleeper as well. Um, <laughs> and then another sleeper that the Bengals took of mine was Chase Brown, one of my sleeper running backs. So the Bengals grabbed him. Um, 
he there's a there's an avenue where he's there starting running back. If yeah. uh, if they don't sign Ezekiel Elliott like they've been rumored to be interested in, and if Joe Mixon gets caught as a cap casualty, which is also uh, very much in the cards, so there's a there's an avenue where Chase Brown is the starting running back in Cincinnati. And then the last guy that I wanted to mention, um, a guy that Jake was higher on than anybody, but a guy that I still liked, and that's Charlie Jones. Um, the Packers did a pretty good job, like I mentioned, with with grabbing pass catchers, uh, especially with grabbing um, Dontavian Wicks a little bit later. But Charlie Jones was kind of one of those guys where I felt like, you know, he could be, you know, a Julian Edelman type player, um, you know, a reliable guy who, you know, when you throw him a ball that's supposed to be caught, that he's catching it you know, reliable is how I thought of Charlie Jones. So the Bengals grabbing a couple sleepers and uh, a guy that I thought was a, a solid depth pick for them. So that's why I went with the Bengals. <clears throat> so as we hop into this here, I wanted to ask you guys, this is an impromptu question, but what position group after the draft are you most excited for? For me, it's the tight ends, and this is going to play into the one of the aspects that I picked for the season. But Jake, what position group uh, from the Packers, are you most excited for after the draft? Oof, put me right on the spot right away. I put everybody on the spot. I didn't tell anybody I was asking this question. <clears throat> I want to say tight ends because I feel like that's the easy answer. But to be honest with you, I'm going to go with edge because when Gary comes back, and I'm assuming Gary is just going to be back to Rashawn Gary being a freak, you know, him and, him and LVN could really <laughs> disrupt some shit up front. That's all I know. Simon, what about you? I think on top of the edge, too, uh, you got <clears throat> Preston Smith, who's always solid. Super and then you could see Enigbari take another step forward. And I mean, that's a solid group of guys. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go with wide receiver. Um, Ooh, I think the top two are, are um, pretty much Watson and Dubs. And then on top of that, uh, drafted three this draft, which we'll get into. And then uh, there's been some kind of unprompted – Samari Toure talk uh, between the coaches and stuff. And it sounds like he put on eight to 10 pounds, built up his frame a little bit. Yeah. So I think they're after the two, and then you got Jaden Reed, I, you could probably pencil him in as third, but I don't think it's guaranteed. So depending on who they keep on the roster and stuff, it'll, the three through like six could be an interesting battle. See who's For catching real. snaps. Yeah. Definitely be fun to watch. It'll be interesting to see if, if Bo Melton makes any noise in training camp. Yeah. But, uh, Bryant, what position are you looking forward to most after the draft? Yeah, it's definitely the pass catchers. Uh, but I'll, I'll agree with Simon. I'm really – like, I've watched a little more on Jaden Reed. I'm really excited about his versatility. I think he could be quickly be our slot starter, and I honestly think there's a chance that he could receive the – he could have probably this lead – you know, not lead the team in receptions. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if you told me right now that Jaden Reed would have the second most receptions on the team on the team um, this following year. I think I he can be it. that good. If you go watch some of his tape and stuff, from what he's doing from the slot and his route <clears> running, <throat> it's it's disgusting how uh, crisp of routes he runs. Um, and then Dontavian Wicks, everyone was kind of sleeping on him because of um, last year. I'm telling you, two years ago, he was a monster. And if he would have came out that year, I think he would have got drafted a lot higher. And then Grant Dubose is a great unknown, you know what I mean, because he's from a small school. But we talked about him. And the pre-draft, when you all were very excited about him, and then we go and grab him. So, honestly, yeah. Honestly, um, like I've seen that the Packers brought in, like, Kiki Kuti for a visit. I don't know the route to anyone else getting – if we only keep six wide receivers, we can name them right now pretty much. I don't know the route for anyone – no other wide receiver 
getting on this um, roster unless we keep seven act, uh, on the act roster. So I'm pretty excited about the pass catchers and the wide receivers and tight ends. So yeah, it'll be fun to watch. But we're gonna we'll uh, we'll get into we'll get into all the picks. We're gonna go through all 13 picks and basically just kind of give our our thoughts, our takeaways from the picks. Um, for me, the guys that I have, I also watched uh, some of their interviews. Uh, after they were drafted. So I'm going to start with Lucas Van Ness. Um, I said it before. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to lead with this, and I'll probably close with it as well. Lucas Van Ness's play style, it reminds me of J.J. Watt. I'm going to continue to say it. Um, he's He's got the versatility, which a uh, very, very consistent thing by Brian Kudikens bringing up with every single player the Packers drafted is versatility. I think he said the word versatility in his post-draft press conferences like a thousand times. And Lucas Van Ness starts there. Um, he can play the outside linebacker, defensive end, and they've mentioned that they could kick him inside to do defensive tackle even. <clears throat> uh, he's got massive, massive hands. Jake sent me a picture of him on Mother's Day where he's like holding on to his mom, and you can see like his hands are just like, like he's got some of the biggest hands in NFL history. 11-inch hands, dude. <laughs> what I said to Jake, I'm like, like Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he kind of does in the photo. I won't lie. <laughs> does he have like, is Quiet Leonard because he has large hands too, right? Yeah, Kawhi's got long. massive hands. You think they're bigger? But Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard's hands are like long and skinny. Like Lucas Van Ness, he does look like Rocket Ralph. Yeah. Yeah. He's got meaty hands, he dude. Hands. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know. Giannis has <laughs> got huge hands too. So the one of the other things that's cool about Lucas Van Ness is he's only 21. He'll be 22 in July, so he's a little bit on the younger side. Um, so this is something that I noted was interesting with Lucas Van Ness is he ran a 4.58.40 at 276 pounds. Justin Fields ran a 4.45. So you're talking the fastest quarterback in the division is barely faster than our new defensive end, and our defensive end doesn't have to run with the ball in his hands. True that. He's so looking at a guy who can potentially keep up with Justin Fields. <clears throat> um, the other thing that uh, Gutekunst liked about him was his experience rushing inside and out. That just calls in that versatility again. And then um, Joe Barry, uh, in his post game or not post game, post draft. This is pre training camp press conference. He said that he likes. Uh, Lucas Van Ness, and he believes that Lucas Van Ness will grow into an absolute monster. Which, I mean, with J.J. Watt being a uh, a comparison player for me, I mean, if he gets close to that level of play, uh, this would be a fantastic pick for the Packers. Now, I want to say one disclaimer thing about Lucas Van Ness is that so many people are overreacting to the fact that he wasn't a starter. Yeah. Not noticing the fact that over the last two seasons, he played more than a thousand snaps. That's a lot of snaps. Um, so he played, I mean, he played the lion's share of snaps. He played the important snaps, you know, the late game scenarios, things like that. So people are making such a big deal about the not being a starter thing. It's really not that big of a deal. Um, prefer a starter, you know, I'd rather have a finisher guy who's finishing the games, making the big plays at the right times. Um, so that's where I'm at with Lucas Van Ness. Um, is there anything you guys wanted to add on LVN? Simon, Brian? <clears throat> no, uh, I just yeah, – I'll just... oh, go ahead, Simon. 
Oh yeah, for those that really, I guess don't don't know or didn't know, that's like just, that's just the way that Iowa does things. Like right. they prefer to start their more senior guys yep. start, quote unquote, because he he still ended up out snapping both the guys that he that started over him. So, and he outproduced both of them. So when it comes to that, it really it doesn't matter. Um, the thing that I'm going to say is, and Tyler, you brought it up, that they, they could play him at D-tackle, D-end, standing up. That was the reason that I wanted him when everybody else in Packer Nation, I'm not saying you guys, but, you know, you look on Twitter, you look on Facebook, you look anywhere, everybody was like, JSN's the pick, JSN's the pick. I'm like, I don't know, people man. Got, man, people got hyper fixated on that. I'm like, I don't know, man. This LVN, dude, you can flip him anywhere. Like, imagine putting him at D-tackle. You have him and Kenny at D tackle. You can still have Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary on the field at the same time. I mean, you can still blitz Quay up the middle. I mean, there's so many options now oh, yeah. with him on the field because he could put his hand in the ground over the guard, you know? So I love the versatility of LPN. So yeah. that's the same thing I was going to say was the versatility. And I'll talk a little bit more about it with my pick uh, that I have later on of Carl Brooks. I think the Packers are going to be changing up their line sure. a lot and throwing a lot of looks. And LVN and Carl Brooks are going to be a big part of that. I think this rotation is going to be nasty. So we'll, yeah, we'll talk the, more the about it. The defensive line depth has improved massively. Very. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think like if you get in like a third and long, some of those like sub packages and stuff could get real freaky. Like if you put Kenny as like the one down lineman <laughs> and just have like our four pass rushers and maybe drop. And then even put Quay Walker in there to rush the pass because yep. he has some ability too. Like some of those packages five, can be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because you, so you could literally others. drop LVN into coverage yeah. at that point because he's just as fast as like whatever tight end he'd be covering. Yeah. So okay. that's like you could have no idea where the pass rush is coming from. I mean, yeah. the guy's nickname is Hercules, dude. Come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the dude, he dude is insanely ripped. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, Greg said any Midwestern football fan knows Iowa rewards seniors with starts. That's absolutely true. Yep. Uh, Mike said he posted an awesome story about Tucker Craft growing up. I will have to check that out. Tucker Craft yeah, is a guy who's like acclimating to being in Wisconsin like faster than anybody I've ever seen. That's well, we're going to go to the honestly. second pick. We're going to go to Bryant who has Luke Musgrave. Yeah, so Luke Musgrave is a really fun player. Um, a lot of people are looking at his production in college and they, they, they're not thrilled with it or they're not impressed by it because of uh, due to injury. But one of the things that you see the Packers doing a lot are looking for players who dominate at the senior bowl both Jaden Reed and uh, Luke Musgrave did that. So um, for Luke Musgrave, he has all the tools to be explosive receiving tight end. um, And it's actually a better blocker than people are giving him credit for. So before his injury last year, he played two games last year. And those two games he had, he was injured in that second game. He had 11 receptions for 169 yards, which is over a 15 yard reception average and a touchdown in those, those two games. Um, So like I said, he was absolutely dominant at the senior bowl. So he hit a top speed of over 20 miles per hour. So, you know, he's six foot for reference. He's six foot six, 255 pounds. His 40 time at the combine was only four, six, one, but at the senior bowl, he hit over 20 mile per hour, which would put him in the four, four range. So that tells me once he gets going up the field, he's quick. So uh, the senior bowl executive director said that Musgrave graded out as the best combination of size and speed at the event. Um, like I said, Musgrave had the 16th fastest max speed at mobile hitting 20.05 miles per hour. So the next heavy, like I said, he's 255 pounds. The next heaviest person to hit over 20 miles an hour was 231 pounds. So he has 24 pounds on the next fastest person or the person that ran faster than him. So 
Uh, his route run, he runs great routes. Uh, he's slippery in coverage. So he actually has, I don't know if you guys know this, but he has a extensive background in cross-country skiing. And for cross-country skiing, you're like, you're moving your hips a lot. So mm-hmm. it's helped with basically where when he's on the line, he can do like a quick, like two-yard sidestep and get back up the field really quickly because he's so mm-hmm. used, like his hips are probably more like, fluid. You know, are more, you know, fluid than people realize. So it's a lot harder to jam them. So uh, his RAS score is a 9.94. <laughs> so he's super athletic. Uh, and I think he's going to be a very serious uh, receiving threat. And he was compared to like Dallas Goddard. So if he can hit Dallas Goddard status, that's going to be an amazing pick for us. Because yeah. that's a serious threat. Like I said, 6'6", 255 and runs that fast. Like he's going to be a, a big problem. So I'm pretty excited about Luke Musgrave. Uh, Greg said, I hope Brooks hits the weight room because I'm really focused on his opportunity because his RAS was fairly poor. His tapes are impressive. I think yep, the I'll Packers about it. focus a little bit less on RAS in those middle rounds, and they, that's where they start to focus more on fit, um, just best player available, um, <clears throat> and then kind of potential. So I think that's kind of where they start to get in those middle rounds. Yeah, um, I'll talk a little bit said, about that, Greg, later on. So Yeah, yep, yeah. Simon has him. So um, Greg also said that Green Bay timed – Dontavian Wicks at 437. Jake has, or sorry, Simon has Dontavian Wicks. So we'll get to that one too. But we're going to go to the next pick with Jaden. It was, was Jaden Reed that was Jayden talked Reed. at 437. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wicks was a little, little slower, which I'll get into too. Okay. All right, <clears throat> Simon, go ahead and talk about Jaden Reed. Yeah. So Jaden Reed, uh, round two, pick 50. So we originally owned pick 45, but traded back twice, which ended up resulting in 159 to 157. So that was good. Just, I mean, I thought it was phenomenal. Trade backs, mm-hmm. getting a couple picks. Who ended and, up being those players again? Uh, Dontavian Wicks, and I forget who 179 was. Was it Carl Brooks? Yeah, yeah I believe Carl so. Brooks so basically we turned that 45 into 50, you know, those three players. That's pretty dang good. Yeah. So honestly, this was kind of like the first surprise player for me. And if you guys were watching during the draft, I was – not excited, I guess, for this pick. <laughs> I thought maybe he could have been there in the third, but that's just also my opinion. I don't know where scouts and stuff and whatever GMs thought maybe he was a round two, um, yeah. round two pick. But I, the more you watch him, you know, the more excited you can get over this guy. And it, honestly, he seemed he seemed a little bit out of the norm for what Green Bay likes in their wide receivers. He's a little bit under six feet. He's five uh, eleven. Only weighs one hundred and eighty seven pounds. Usually, Green Bay goes for those six foot plus, a little over two hundred pound guys. Um, he only had an RAS of six six one, but this was the guy that Green Bay clocked at four three seven. So he has elite speed. Uh, at the combine, he clocked a four four five, which is still pretty good for a wide receiver. Um, in 2020, he had uh, 197 slot snaps and 60 on the outside, seven games, 34 catches on 52 targets, 407 yards, and three touchdowns. And you'll see kind of a theme as I'm running through my guys is their 2021 tape, they dominated. And then they kind of fell off a little bit in 2022. So I think Green Bay really tried to bite on their 2021 elite gameplay with these three guys that I'm talking about. Uh, So in 2021, he played 65 slot snaps and then played 345 out wide. Uh, And this was at Western Michigan before he transferred to Michigan State. 
and he played 13 games, 59 receptions, 101 targets for 1,026 yards and 10 touchdowns. And then fell off a little bit in 2022, and he had, he played 84 slot snaps, 2000 or 2000, 291 outside in 11 games, 55 catches on 84 targets, 636 yards and five touchdowns. And that was just in a porous Michigan State offense. Like they were pretty yeah. bad last year. They're definitely a run first team. I will yeah. say, as far as his size goes, if people are concerned about his size, he plays bigger than he is. I'm getting that's, one of, that's one of the things I noticed right away. And and I'm kind of like Simon um, with Jaden Reed. I didn't look much into him because he doesn't hit the marks that Green Bay typically looks for. But if I don't know if you guys watched Bazareski, but he had a really good video on Jaden Reed too, talking about his separation and stuff. He even broke it down really well. And he um, shows like how much separation and stuff that Jaden Reed can get. And now he plays bigger in his size. And then he talks about how quarterback play was really poor at Michigan State. So if they would have had a better quarterback, like he could have absolutely lit up the um, box score. So, so we kind of talked about his like he he's a very crisp route runner too. Um, and I would say looking when we drafted him, I thought maybe he was kind of an uh, slot slot only guy, but he's he played a surprising amount of snaps on the outside. So I, I think Green Bay kind of liked him for that a little bit of versatility too. And going back to what uh, Tyler said about him playing bigger than he is, he had a 64% contested catch rate last year. So like he can get up and get, get balls. And also I don't think he's the best blocker, but I think his, he's a, he's an aggressive it, like he tries to go out and block. And, willing. Yeah, he, willing. That's the word I was looking for. Good. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of excited about what he can do for us in this offense. I remember during the draft, like I was Ludus Riddick or someone said that it was like Sam's, uh, excuse me, uh, oh my gosh, Steve Smith esque, like how he played. Like, yeah. I'm not going to say he's going to be Steve Smith, but if, he's, mean, he's, he's, so. if he's our family, Steve <laughs> Smith, like that's still a steal. Um, Listening to you talk about it, it you know, it's, you know, listening to, you know, he played a little bit inside, a little bit outside, he's a little bit smaller, he plays bigger than he is. Uh, it kind of sounds like Romeo Dobbs, honestly. Um, a guy that you can use in multiple ways and just will just slap the versatility tag on another guy. Um, so, yeah. Um, all right. So, next one is Tucker Craft. And that is Jake's first guy. Yes. <clears throat> so, with the third round, 78th overall pick, the Green Bay Packers decided to draft a perfect RAS score of 10, by the way, Tucker Craft. And that made it the first time the Packers have selected two tight ends within the first three rounds in team history. So, the more you know. Little tidbits on him that I like. First of all, I love the early chemistry between him and Musgrave. They seem like best friends already. Like, they did an interview together. Um uh, the Rock Report or whatever it's called. Um, I watched them on there. They're just laughing, goofing around. I'm like, dude, these guys have been friends for like 10 years. No, they just met at the Senior Bowl. But Tucker Craft already loves Culver's. So Yeah, these these guys are going to be great. They're going to be great Packers. I could tell this already. Yeah. Uh, they fit right into the culture. He's 6'5", 254, so he's not quite as impressive as Musgrave. Just, just an inch shorter and a pound lighter, so sorry <laughs> about that. Um, over the last two seasons, he had 92 catches, 1,111 yards, and nine touchdowns for the Jackrabbits. I mean, um, he got he got offered some big-time schools. He decided to stay loyal, stay to his hometown team. So I love that. Loyalty is a big thing for Wisconsin fans. Yeah. Tyler knows that. Yep. <laughs> we, we don't usually 
we're usually the small market. We're usually the, you know, the teams that people look over, like the Brewers. Everybody's like, ah, oh, we're going to go to the Dodgers. We're going to go to the Yankees. Like, you know, and the Bucks, like, oh, little old Milwaukee. Giannis is going to leave. Giannis is going to leave. He's going to go here, go here, right? We always get that. Wisconsin Badgers, everybody looks us over because they're going to go to Michigan or Ohio State. So loyalty is so big for us. We just grow up knowing that, like, we're probably going to rent these players for, like, six years and they're going to leave. But hopefully that's not the case with these guys. So Alabama is one of those big time schools, by the way. That's yes, the main yes. one that stood out to me that he turned down Alabama. Yes. So the things that stood out to me, first of all, he's a physical player. You could tell in his running style, you could tell in his, uh, his blocking, he loves to block. It, it just seems like that. He, he, he really looks like baby Gronk to me. I don't know if he looks like that to anybody else, but his ability when he runs after the catch, he's not afraid of people coming at him. The stiff arm kind of reminds me of Gronkowski. I'm not going to lie to you. And, I learned this about him. He was a running back in high school. Imagine 6'5", 250 in high school, dude. At 16, dude, I'm running. I'm running away from you. I'm, I'm running with you. Fuck it. Go to, go to the end zone. You know what I'm go saying? Go through like, you. Yeah, go, you go to the end zone. I'm not getting hurt today. So um, he's just going to be an exciting player. I think a lot of two tight end sets, 12 personnel, as LaFleur talked about. A, a lot, lot of 12 personnel is going to be happening this year. Um, a lot of play action off that. So I know my boy Tyler's going to love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the red zone offense is definitely going to be better uh, this year with the two tight ends. And I'm going to make a bold prediction. One of these two tight ends is going to have the second most receptions on this team. The guy who's going to have the most is going to be Watson. He's going to get looked at the most. Yep. Either Kraft or Musgrave is going to have the second most catches. I really feel like that. They're, they're close to the line of scrimmage. They're, 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 they're the dump off. They're the safety valves. I really feel – we talked about doing expanded stat projections this year. Last year we did just like the main playmakers. And we talked about doing expanded ones this year and doing like a whole stat projection episode. Um, so if we do that and we, and we stat project more players and more depth out, it's going to be really interesting to see where the four of us come down on the tight ends and, and some of the, the more uh, depth wide receivers. I think it'll be very interesting. So for, um, Tucker Craft, I do think that he has a potential to make the the most immediate impact because I feel like he's a little bit more NFL ready than Musgrave. I think Musgrave has a higher ceiling, but Craft has a lower lower floor, uh, if that makes sense. I mean, the higher floor. So I think Musgrave is a high, higher ceiling player and Craft is a higher floor player. But I think I they complement each other a lot. And what they kind of remind me of is several years ago when we picked, you know, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams right by each other. Like it seems like they instantly have that chemistry yeah. and like they could be that kind of one, two punch for green Bay. So one of them's like more the, you know, the, the home run hitter, which don't get me wrong. Kraft can do that as well. But then the other one's a bigger bowling ball, kind of like Jamal was. So yeah, I think yeah. it's a really, it's going to be a fun combination. I, I got to bring one thing back. The pregame dances. That's all I want. Yeah. If they bring the <laughs> I don't pre-game know. dancing back. I'm in. I don't know if anyone can get down like Jamal Williams. I still no, go and watch. I still still go and watch his pregame dances. Like even with he's with Detroit are now. With I like watching his interviews so, more. He's talking yeah, about Pokemon. So, he said Pokemon. <laughs> he's a, he's such. A, I love that him him as a player. It's so much fun. Yeah, he's I'm great. glad he's out of the Lions anymore. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. He's still going um, to Green Bay though this year. <laughs> right. I'll say oh, yeah, as far true. as you know, I do agree with the statement that the Packers are going to run a lot of 12 personnel this year. A lot of it. Uh, I think that's kind of a Matt LaFleur type thing. And um, these two picks, really, the two tight end picks, uh, despite 
Darnell Washington being available at 42 and the Packers picked Luke Musgrave. These two tight ends that were drafted really felt to me like Matt LaFleur influenced picks because they fit the scheme and the system better. I think it was important that they both have I, – I think Darnell Washington can be a receiving tight end, but I think it was important that he wanted them both to have, you know, yeah. proven receiving ability. Well, so. the word of the day is versatility, so they both yep, have yep. Slap All, label on draft, Let's put it over under. Draft. How many times are we saying it today? <laughs> well, I mean, you can pretty much say it for every single player. So, I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's I what it. I say. I love it. Except for Anders Carlson. He's only doing one thing. Mm-hmm. You don't know that. Hopefully, Place hopefully kicking. making the field goals. <laughs> hey, I will. I'll, I'll, I was gonna wait this till we talked about him, but I, I feel a little vindicated because you guys rock, like gave me so much crap for saying we should take Jake Moody in like the sixth or seventh. Jake Moody went in the third round. <laughs> yeah, but let's be honest. That doesn't make me feel better. It doesn't make me feel better. And the only reason we drafted Anders Carlson there is because Andre Yoshivas got picked the pick before. <laughs> Copium. <laughs> uh, Greg said, who knows, maybe Love's biggest adjustment will be to decide which wide receiver is more open. Honestly, I think the thing that's going to be Jordan Love's biggest adjustment is really just trusting his instincts. Um, that's, you know, to um, to kind of paraphrase, you know, Eric Lauer when he was throwing his Zoom ball last year, just saying, let that bitch Zoom. Like, Matt LaFleur just wants him to let it go, you know, to reference a Bucks thing. Let it fly. Like, just take your drops. You see it. Do it. So I that's what my thing is. I think kind of like what he did against in. Philly. Really, if you go watch that tape, he was doing that. He was hitting his three or five set drops, and the ball was out of his hands. Yep. So for most of them, a couple of he scrambled and made a throw on. But and I got super excited when Matt Lafleur was talking, and um, Adam Stenovich actually a little bit too in the recent interviews, um, <clears throat> how they're excited with with Jordan Love and with Aaron Rodgers not having the the thumb injury last year, and that they can do more under center stuff and not having to have Rogers in the shotgun so much because the thing that he said was for the first four drop force first four steps of the drop back. You don't know if it's a runner pass. And that's where I'm like, yes, let's run a shit ton of play action. So I, <laughs> yes. I, I love play action. It's I love it. Play action of Watson. What? Oh, dude. Let it go. Love him. And his new noir, right? What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next guy on the draft is Colby Wooden. That's the guy that I had. I watched his interviews yesterday. And a thing that he kept coming back to was technique. He referenced technique often. He's not just a physical guy, but he's very in tune with the mental part of the game as well. So that stood out to me when listening to him talk. Um, he's talking about pad level and hand placement, um, you know, playing out of a three technique or a four technique. Um, wanting to learn as much as possible from guys like Kenny Clark. Um, I'm really impressed with how he gets off of blocks and how he finds his way back into plays that it looks like he's out of. So, you know, we've liked guys. I've I've been a big Jack Heflin fan because the guy's got an unrelentless motor. He gets back into plays that it looks like he's out of. He doesn't give up on plays. So that's something that Colby Wooden has. Um, he brought up being willing to be a special teams guy, you know, whatever gets him on the field. Um, he said his role with Green Bay that they told him is going to be primarily inside, but he did say, and they also reiterated that he can play outside to help with the depth. So another guy, just slap the old versatility sticker on there, and we're good to go. I like it. Um, James said preseason in three months. Woo. 
Man, it's gonna come up fast because like, and like planning out shows, man, it's gonna come up so fast, and then it's gonna be like, shit, it's August already. Damn, like. And then you get all the you get really yeah the preseason great, uh, games are great, but I honestly like the like uh, training camp highlights and the training camp like you know we all follow the beat writers and stuff just the the, the, the hype of the day and stuff like that. I love reading all that stuff. So I'm excited okay. to see who's gonna be the we should maybe we should maybe make a prediction on this. Who's gonna be the Romeo Dobbs uh, training camp hype train guy this year? That'd be an interesting thing to see if we could predict it and definitely and, uh, smart to it right now. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. You can't watch class. an interview and you doesn't come up, dude. Seriously. Yeah, out of this draft class. I'm writing, like this I'm writing it down. So out of this draft class, it'll be Grant DuBose. I was uh <laughs> I was just messing around on my phone today and I was watching some Samara Toure stuff and he was cooking people like wide open. I'm just thinking to myself, like, love is letting that go. Love is throwing that ball. Love is letting that go. He's cooking people from the slot, he's cooking people outside. I'm like Love slinging it this year, dude. Yeah. I'm the telling you. Was Aaron, he's going to make some mistakes, but he's slinging that thing. Aaron wow. hated targeting the middle of the field. I don't I think know. Jordan's going to do that. So I remember, like I said, I'll keep tooting my own horn, but like when I was at that Washington game and I seen Samari Touré on the field, I was like, who the heck is that? Because he was flying. And like, because you could see it in person, like how fast he was. And then he, you know, I think later in the Buffalo game, he had that touchdown on a mm-hmm. good broken play and stuff like that. I think pe- people are sleeping on him a little bit. Uh, we'll see what happens. I don't know that he'll, you know, he'll ever be some like crazy. But if he, you know, he tacks on four or five hundred yards, that's huge. What we're looking for right now. So. If he has five hundred yards, dude, that is a steal. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, James said I'm excited for the preseason because the NFL is arguably the longest off season in sports. I will say it's a long off season, but the thing is, there's a lot going on during the off season yeah. that keeps up the hype. Yeah. OTA yeah. start next week. Yeah, NFL's NFL's king is because they've they've found a way to make their sport yep. year round, even when they're not in season. Because yeah. you have the schedule release, you have the draft, you have the combine, you have all of this stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I feel like that you know we all love football so much that we're like, oh, hurry up with the season. I just want to watch football again because like you, we all know that feeling like the next Sunday, like after our team isn't playing anymore, we're like, man, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. like two hundred and twenty-two really, days yeah. until football is back. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> all right. So the next guy is Sean Clifford. Jake has him. Go ahead. Wait, Jake. Can, I, can I go back really quick to Kobe Wooden? Sorry, go ahead. I'm answer a text. Uh, I think this pick is very interesting just because of his size, because he's kind of a weird tweener, and I don't know where they're gonna play him, because he's six four, two seventy three. Everywhere. I know, but like, is that his like primary position right you're answer? talking? Because like he's kind of I don't know maybe I mean he he's a little big for the outside or maybe well, he says primary he's going to be inside yeah but I, then I assume they're going to try to make him bulk up then because if he, if you stick him at, on the like straight on the line at two seventy three I, I feel like he's not gonna I don't want to say he's not gonna be good because he could be they, but it, I think it, it was... would just be very weird I think it was Colby Wooden that they were talking about that that he was planning on like getting into weight room and starting to add weight. Um, I know there was one other guy that they were talking to about that too. Um, I mean, for, for reference, Preston Smith is 6'5", 265. So, I mean, it's, you know, what did you say Colby Wooden was? 6'4", 273. Yeah, so he's, you know, within that ballpark. This so. is 275, and he plays outside. Yeah. 
So could, I, I think they're just going to move them all over the line. Yeah. Then could you could you realistically add him to the outside and him make the team then? Because then look who's ahead of him. I think it's going to be and by a, a matchup the defensive line. They're going to do it by like a matchup basis. They're going to put a strength side. He's probably going to be on the weak side. I just thought probably, it was. I have LVN and, and yeah. Gary on one side. Create that. He's going to be competing with. He's going to be competing with Chris Slayton. Yeah. Um, and but Jonathan just Ford. Him on the defensive line, and you you have to bulk him up at least a little yeah. bit. I think I think a, a if you stick him in there at like bulk up. 285, 290, yeah. I think he'll be fine. Um, I think a lot of these guys are going to add muscle once they get into yeah. NFL, um, sure. conditioning and training and weight rooms and stuff. So, all righty, Jake, Sean Clifford, go ahead. All right, so. <laughs> this was crazy when I found this out. So he leads in all these categories at Penn State. Wins, 32. I understand we don't really agree with quarterback wins, but he leads in that category. Um, well, yards. That's narrative, right, Jake? <laughs> 10,661 uh, yards. 86 passing touchdowns. He also added 15 rushing touchdowns. So he has a little bit of wiggle in there. 61 completion percentage and total yards 11,734. He leads Penn State in all that. That that's that's crazy to me. And w- what I learned from watching his tape because I was like, I didn't do a lot of research on quarterbacks this year because I was like, you know, Jordan Love, he's the guy. Yep. I don't know. We're gonna take some guy late in the draft. Ended up being Sean Clifford, right? Yep. So I'm watching more of his tape. This is what I got from it. He's a gamer and he's a freaking winner. And I like all of those things from my backup quarterback. A guy that's going to come to practice, he's going to give you 100% because, you know, he cares. And this is just a little random tidbit. He got Aaron Rodgers' old locker. I don't know why people care about that. It's literally just a locker. Literally just a locker. Just like the numbers thing, people freak out about numbers. It's 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 literally just a number, people. Yep. You can Can't buy the jersey of the person you like, okay? Just buy a Devontae Adams jersey if you like 17 with Adams on the back. That's I all know. I got to tell you. I got one. Yeah, I got one. I got one too. And my girlfriend has one because I liked him. He was cool for us, you know. But nice. You know, he's still cool. He's still cool. Yeah. yeah, he's still cool. Bro, he was talking sideways about Rodgers. I'm not gonna lie. I, that was I, I don't know. That was a little shot. Really I feel like he was that was taking a shot. more shots at at the Vegas front office yeah. than anything in my. Yeah, opinion. he really was. But I, I don't know. I took that a little bit different than. But it, it seemed like he was taking a shot at people who thought Rodgers made him rather than Rodgers himself. Yeah. But if That's you think true. about the situation he was in, right? Second year, he was bad. Like let's just call let's call a space oh, yeah, today, right? He was horrible. He was horrible that second year. So Rodgers working with him probably did get him to that point. I'm not saying he didn't sure. do some work, but you know, let's I, I, yeah, I think he also I, had a really strong season with Brett Humbling at quarterback. So yeah. Yeah, but I that was yeah, I, I'm thinking more of the now than I, I didn't see the full interview. I really couldn't care less, to be honest. No, no, I think I, I think Vegas is gonna be terrible this year. <laughs> I hope they're terrible on one Monday night. That's all I care about. That around you. <laughs> um, on the on the Sean Clifford subject, his pre-draft visit with Matt Lafleur and Brian Gutekunst, his IQ really impressed them. They both brought it up in their post-draft um, interviews. And what I wanted to say with the the top 30 draft visits is that it's not who your team would pick if they had all 30 of the top picks. That's not the point of the top 30 pick thing. 
the top 30 pick draft visits. You're not trying to meet who you would pick one through 30. It's who, if you were the Green Bay Packers and you had 30 picks, who are you trying to take with those 30 picks while 31 other teams are also picking players? So I wanted to throw that out there, not because the Packers were interviewing Sean Clifford. He wasn't going to go top 30. That's not what the top 30 visit means. So I wanted to put that little disclaimer out there. Even the other that said that, like say, that, that's what they use those visits for. So I don't right, know why people right. still get confused about that. Right. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, I probably should have thrown that out there a little did bit. Any other, I, haven't, I haven't actually looked at it. Did any other top 30 visits get picked by the Packers? Uh, Jaden Reed, 30? I believe, was a top 30 visit. I thought um, they had Musgrave. I'm pretty sure was a visit. I think Kraft was a visit, too. Uh, Dontavian yeah. Wicks definitely was a visit. Hey, he was in there. I know he was. Was Randy Bowes a visit, too? I think he was. I don't remember if he was. Hold on one second. Uh, just keep talking. I'll find it. Okay. The The last thing I had on Sean Clifford was the fact that Sean Clifford went at 149 and Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback from Purdue, who is objectively terrible, went at 135. Yeah, people were mad about the Clifford pick, which I didn't understand. So a lot – it, it all goes big... back to where people think people are going to get drafted. So a lot right. of people did not have Clifford getting drafted at all. And so that's the thing. And my thing with the draft and where people are projected, that doesn't matter. Like if he, no. it, what matters is the person works out or not. That's literally all that matters. Yep. So if the Packers felt like he was going to be our backup quarterback for a while and they liked what he brought to the table, which is a lot of experience, a lot of intelligent uh, play and help Jordan Love get ready for game days and stuff and have that, then that's what they thought. And it was a good draft pick. And I think with a guy like Clifford, he is the type of player like Jake brought up the fact that he had 15 rushing touchdowns at Penn state. He is a guy who could step in if, say Jordan Love got hurt and play a similar play style, uh, play a similar role. Just, you know, looking at it on paper, doesn't have as high of a ceiling. T- tell me if I'm crazy, a little Taylor Heineke, like you, you feel comfortable That's, with him yeah. starting for two games. He does have yeah. a little bit of athleticism too. Yeah. He's got a little wiggle. Man. I was like, That's, yeah, That's a very solid comparison. <clears throat> I like that. Yeah. Um, oh and he's a very good backup. Taylor yeah. Heineke is one of the better backups in the league. We all, right. all so talked about that we wanted to have him in Green Bay as Jordan Love's backup. Yeah. All of us did. We all were all agreement on that. So definitely a good a good thing to bring up, Jake. Uh, the next guy is Dontavian Wicks, and that is Simon's guy. All right, since I have it up, though, Carl Brooks, Dontavian Wicks, uh, Lou Nichols, oh. Sean Clifford, all had top 30 visits. Nice. So those were – and uh, the, all the other ones are like, it's funny. Like Michael Mayer, Darnell Wright, Kincaid, Washington, Will McDonald, Felix, and Nukadike, Zama, all those guys. Interesting. That tells me they did their homework on edge and tight end. Yep, which is not surprising considering how we drafted. Yep. All right, Dontavian Wicks. Uh, interesting. Uh, player, another 2021 phenom that had kind of a disappointing 2022. So, run five, uh, pick 159. So, like I said earlier, we um, traded back out of 45, and this was one of the picks that we got. Dunphy Wicks, six foot, 
one, six foot two, 205, get a 949 RAS. Uh, 2021 graded a 78.8 according to PFF. 69 slot snaps, 321 outside, 12 games, 59 receptions on 93 targets for 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns. So Jesus. over a 20 per yards per catch average. So, so yeah, just his, his main problem. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Was drops. Yep. And then you bring up that large, that large yardage, yards after catch. Tell me Dontavian Wicks doesn't just basically sound like MVS. I think he's a better route runner than he, like right. As far as number wise, sure. As far as play That's style fair. wise, it's a lot different. Um, 2022 fell off a little bit. 59 PFF grade. Only played 28 slot snaps and 287 outside. So he's pretty much only an outside wide receiver. Uh, eight games, 30 catches on 72 targets for 430 yards and only two touchdowns. Uh, so this is another guy that had a crazy 2021 campaign and kind of fell down to earth. Uh, I mean, he could use a lot of excuses for why things were the way they are. Coaching changes, offensive changes, uh, struggled to learn the playbook a little bit. And he had a disgusting – like, I'm not even going to say his drop percentage out loud. It's fucking gross. He had nine drops in the first five games. Oh, that's not great. Yeah. So, so you can not bring this up, Simon, with guys that struggled in the year they came out but were good the year before. Does that, does that ring any bells with any other players that the Packers drafted? Uh, Jordan Love? Yep, that's the oh, one. True. Yep. That's that's yeah, the first thing I thought of. Really... Exactly. Every time you say that, I keep thinking like Jordan Love, man, his season before the year that he like he, he was got cooking, and he also had coaching changes too. Yeah, and well, personal changes. The whole entire starting offense, other yeah. than him, left, and his offense coordinator and his offensive like QB coach, coach, everyone left the next yeah. year. Uh, so, like I was saying, he's a little different. He's he is he's also has uh, really crisp route running ability. Uh, he can create uh, separation of the line, has elite acceleration. He doesn't really have the home run speed, um, but he has the body control and explosive jump ability uh, to high point balls. Uh, and then obviously he had he has really good yak ability. Anybody else want to say anything about uh, Dontavian Wicks? No, I'm just I'm really excited for this preseason. I know I said we don't, you know, I'm more excited about the, you know, training camp practice and stuff, but I'm really excited to see these guys get on the field too because there's some exciting young players on this team. So the thing with preseason is as Packer fans, it's been like all backups always playing in the preseason. 
you know, it's not a lot of guys that are going to be seeing a lot of playing time that are playing a lot in the preseason. This year is going to be different. The Packers are very young now. Very young. The people you see not getting many snaps will be like your David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, and Aaron Jones. Clark. Uh, do you guys think that Lawrence plays in all three preseason games? I th- he might yes, not play in the last one, but seeing amounts. Yeah, I think his peak will be the game two, and then you know he'll probably put maybe a quarter game one, half game two, and then maybe a series or two game three would be. So my I guess. would I would switch game one and two. I think he'll play like half a game one, a quarter of game two, and like two or three series in game three. I agree with Tyler. I think he's going to play a lot early, and they'll trickle it down. They'll give Sean Clifford more snaps yep. later. And um, at Lane. Yeah. Yep. So we're right, so long touchdowns. Our next one is Carl Brooks. This one is for Bryant. So I will let Bryant talk about Carl Brooks. Yeah. So Carl Brooks is a pretty interesting player. Uh, so his biggest knock is going to be his level of competition he played. But when you see someone that plays a lower level of competition, you want to see that they dominated. And Carl Brooks seriously dominated. So he came into that team as an 18 year old and started right away. And he led his team in sacks four of the five years he was there. The only year he didn't, the only year he didn't lead his team in sacks was uh, they played like two games because of COVID, and he had still had two sacks in those games. So, um, like I said, he's been starting since he was 18. He just turned 23 in May, so he's still kind of young. So in 2022, he had he started 13 games. He posted 50 tackles, uh, 18 of them were for loss, and 10 sacks. And then he also had two forced fumbles. So, um, you want to guess how many pressures he finished with in 2022? 69. 69. No. That was 69 pressures and 386 pass rush snaps. That's crazy. So he was was pressuring the quarterback one out of every 5.6 snaps, uh, pass rushing snaps. That setup felt too good, bro. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So he he finished his career with 28 sacks um, and six forced fumbles. So. So I know I'm not huge in PFF grades, but he was his PFF grade for last year was a 93 which was number one against they uh, graded him as an edge rusher. Um, so 93, it was number one against edge rushers, third overall on defense and sixth overall in college football is where Damn. he was rated. So um, he possesses crap. good snap quickness, foot, footwork, violent hand usage, and an extremely high motor. Like people, someone I was watching talk about him said basically there was plays that you'd see his hands on his hips, but then the next play he would still bring the same amount of effort and he would just bulldoze you. Um, this is a player that's going to be really versatile because I don't know where they're going to play him because <laughs> I know we're saying that a lot, but he's 6'3", anywhere between 298 and 303. So Ooh. you think interior, but he played a lot on the edge in college. So it's going to be interesting. If I was Green Bay, I would let him play at his size this year and then maybe tailor him because I think they could either they could go add another 10 pounds and play in the interior all the time hmm. or cut 10 pounds and play more on the edge. But I think at his size right now on running downs, they can probably play him at the edge. And I think he could shed some people and uh, help in the run game. Or even if it's a pass play, he can, he, you know, he has good pass rushing ability. Um, so I, this player, uh, someone said earlier, his Raz wasn't that good. Yeah, you're correct. But a 5.8 Raz still means he had a higher athletic score than 58% of the people entering the NFL. So it's not like it was terrible either. It just wasn't, you know, it wasn't 10 like Tucker Craft or 9.94 like Luke Musgrave or whatever, you know what I mean? So um, 
it'll be interesting to see what they do for him. I'm pretty excited to see this. This will be a player I'll for sure have my hand, my eyes on during preseason because I want to see where they're lining him up and where he's getting pressure from and everything like that because he could be a monster. And I honestly, I feel like they could roll out some if all these players prove capable of at least being on the field. The different pressure packages and the different lineups they can roll out there. Defense uh, offense coordinators might not know who's going to be rushing from where, and that's going to be pretty interesting and fun to watch. And the thing will be is the next set of downs or like the next try, I shouldn't even say the next set of downs, but like the next down, you could have four different guys in that you didn't have in on the previous play. Yeah. That's you could literally, really they could literally roll out Carl Brooks, Lucas Van Ness, Preston Smith, and Kenny Clark out on the field. And you would assume Carl Brooks and Kenny Clark would be on the inside. They could line up on the outside because both of them have the capability of rushing from the edge. So it's, it's going to be fun to watch. For sure. I like your, I like your point on, uh, they can use it as like a find it out year. Um, and, you know, with this being the 179th pick, you know, you're not you're not drafting a guy who's going to you know necessarily start for you or yeah. play a ton of snaps for you. Obviously, if he does, you know, elevate to that level. But if you're looking at a guy who's potentially going to help your depth in the future, using this year as a find it out year, whether he makes the team or is on the practice squad, um, you know, that's something that could potentially help you down down the road. Exactly. So, Barring, unless there's a bunch of injuries, I doubt he plays more than 200 snaps this year. So uh, I think it would be really good just to see him get on the field, uh, right. see what he does in preseason. And obviously, if he starts producing, we're going to have to put him on the field. But right. obviously, Devontae Wyatt is going to start getting those snaps. I'm really excited right. about him. I think yeah. – I guess he looks just like a monster there, saying, like, he's been there pretty much, you know, every day. So yep. He feels um, like a rookie. About <laughs> he barely yeah. played last year. Yeah, which was crazy because when he started playing towards the end of the year, you're like, why was this dude not on the field? More? Seriously. Right. That was like, it was for him, it was stuff up here. Yeah. Yeah, they were getting him a little more matured. But yeah, I definitely like your point on using this year as a find it out year to bulk him up or lean him down to move him in or out. Definitely. And the next year, everyone can fuck around and they can find out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Proportionally, of course. Do it at your own risk. That's all I say. <laughs> Could you imagine rolling out like, what if, what if you roll just a big beefy line of like Carl Brooks, um, Wooden, Devontae Wyatt, and Kenny Clark? <laughs> well, see, th- th- this thing, I've always wanted this. Do you guys remember when Baltimore Ravens, when they had Ray Lewis back in the day, they would put like six guys on one side of the line yeah. and you would not know who's coming. The Packers have loaded up on the front seven so much the last two years. I really feel like they can get away with this. Imagine a scenario where you're looking at, you know, a defensive end, and then right next to him is Lucas Venex and Rashawn Gary. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you got, I'm Imagine serious, bro. You got like, bro, what do I do? <laughs> if they stand up, Gary just jump and sideways and hope they all run into you. <laughs> I'm praying for that, dude, because that's yes. going to be a beautiful thing. Let so, him stunt. So Carl Gary Brooks, still rushing inside. So Carl oh. Brooks last year when he had 10 sacks, a lot of his snaps came on edge, and he did that standing up. He didn't have his hand in the ground. So he was 6'3", 303 pounds, standing up and rushing from <laughs> that position. <laughs> so, and, they, they, and the one time they played bigger competition was Mississippi State, but I guess in that he wasn't very effective in that game, but it was because he was being double or triple team the entire time. So Mississippi State obviously knew, well, this is Bowling Green. The only player that we have to worry about is Carl Brooks. Alrighty, so Bryant's favorite pick of the draft was the fact that we drafted a kicker. Uh, so Jake has Anders Carlson. Uh, talk about talk about the kicker pick. Okay, first of all, he's gigantic. Okay, he's six five two eighteen. 
there's no business being that damn big. Okay. <laughs> That's the first thing I noticed. Now, the next thing I noticed, uh, obviously, everybody's heard this about 17 billion times. His brother is Daniel Carlson. What? Here. Yep. Who? Seriously? Yep. You didn't hear the first team all pro. That's his brother. Yep. Man, did he play for Rich Passaccia? Did yep. he? No. Did he play for the Vikings? Yep. <laughs> he did. <laughs> and then they cut him, and then he became an all pro. <laughs> yep. I know. That's why I mentioned it. <laughs> he, knows, <laughs> he knows Anders, and he actually brought it up during his press conference on Wednesday that he remembers when Daniel Carlson came to do his visit at Auburn and then Anders, who was 14 years old at the time was with him and just remembering the little kid. So he remembered him from that time. So there is a rich Passaccia connection there. That's actually pretty sick to be honest. Think about um, Anders was probably in Las Vegas kicking in that stadium with his brother. Right. I can see that. Um, so 2020 uh, Simon keeps talking about dominant 2021 seasons with his guys. For Anders, it was 2020. He was really, really good that year. He made 20 of 22 field goal attempts. That's 90%. He was absolutely dominant that year. Um, and then he he tore his ACL in the 21 season doing an onside kick against uh, Mississippi State, actually. And he got up and he was grabbing his knee. And he he, he finished that uh, 2021 14 of 21, so 67% on field goals. So he wasn't very good that year. He kicked the rest um, of the season with a torn ACL. No, he he was, oh, he was at that point. Okay, he, he came back. He, he no, he didn't come back. He came back uh, too fast in twenty two. I read, and he was bad in twenty twenty two. He was bad last year too. He was twelve of seventeen. He was missing kicks. They said he didn't have the distance. Uh, he was bad from fifty plus yards. Um, he after the torn ACL, he was five of seventeen on field goals from fifty plus. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, oh oh four in 2022 so not not great uh but he obviously has the potential and he has the nfl ties his brother is going to explain things to him help him out he's going to be a key for him to to play off of so um the one last thing i wanted to, to touch on well two things actually for he's a three-time academic all-american so i like that he he's a smart guy um knows how to carry himself he was 173 of 176 on extra points for his career so he doesn't miss a lot of those don't want to deal with that. Um, 183 touchbacks on 314 attempts. That's only 58%. That's not great. Um, a lot of those may have came after the ACL injury. So we'll see if he gets the power back in his leg. Also, kicking in Green Bay is no small task. So people that like were talking trash about Mason Crosby the last couple of years, like, do you guys understand how hard it is to kick in Green Bay? It is hard. Same with Chicago. I give all the credit to guys that are good in Chicago and Green Bay. It is frozen. It is windy. It is, we play on real grass. Like, it sucks. <laughs> it's a hard uh, – I know – actually, this is one of the things me and Simon learned when we were doing the, the um, stadium tour because I asked, I was like, why are the posts like almost a neon yellow? And they talked about how Mason Crosby had requested that, I guess, because with the background in Lambeau Field, it's really hard to see the cross and the snow. Mm. It was hard to see the um, – Oh, that makes the post. So if you ever look at the post the next time you're Lambo and pay attention to them, they're like a neon yellow. Oh, wow. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong too, Jake. Uh, was it in the rookie minicap? Was the first time he was kicking without a brace in a couple of years? Uh, that, I believe I heard that. He didn't have yeah. the brace on. He had the brace on and everything that I saw, but yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't see that. Uh, so I just saw a video that. of him the other day and he was kicking like 50 yarders. He made like six in a row and he was just in shorts and a tank top and no brace. Well, if he's got if he's got that twenty twenty form, man, we got a freaking steal in the sixth round. I really feel so that. The thing that Rich Passaccia talked about with him, with especially with his size, 
is um, like the leg level. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's going to have massive strides for a guy who's 6'5". So having that figured out. Uh, and then Gudikins talked about it, and Gudikins uh, alleviated concerns of kicks outside 40 yards um, just about keeping him healthy. So I, they believe that his health is going to be a big part of him making those kicks. And then he said that he trusts Rich Bisaccia's track record at developing kickers and special teamers. Yeah, I don't worry about special teams anymore. We're good. No. Yeah. All right. We might have one of the best special teams units in the league this year. If if Carlson can kick. Wild yeah. times, baby. Wild yeah, times in Green Bay. <laughs> you, you guys are hot. I think you guys are like, okay, so I will say this. Outside of Kijan Nixon, who pretty much saved our special teams ass last year, they were not that good. They had like, uh, they what was it New York? They block, had a block punt. There's a couple block kicks this year. Like this special teams unit still has a long way to go. Okay, now tell me how many guys were re-signed for special teams. I, I'm I'm just saying before you guys get the hype train going too much, I think we forget that. And we didn't go as far as to say that special teams is going to be the best phase of the team or anything like that yet. Now, now I also want you to remember where we were. Right? Uh, yes, I agree. And where I we just, are I now. I would say slow down the hype train a little that's bit. That's why I said wild times and Tell great Tell me yeah. just get off the track when the train's coming through, all right? <laughs> I, I'm not saying it can't be good. I'm just saying, like, they, there was a lot of mishaps last year, too. Well, we, we brought Jaden Reed in. We didn't talk about it, but he had three return touchdowns for punt, punt return touchdowns in his career. So I, I think Is because. That's, uh, including the two that were called back? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh. Well, there's a couple well, calls. See, back. now he has five. So maybe he has five. Yeah. Maybe he has five. So I'm now you're just making like, yourself di- let's any pump deeper. The we'll a little bit. Hey, hey, you remember back in 2011 when Randall Cobb had a return touchdown for his yeah. first career touchdown? Jaden Reed yeah. coming up. I, <laughs> <laughs> I would shit my pants. <laughs> his first one. Only if we can get John Kuhn back on the team. No. <laughs> nope. I'm off board. I'm done. Oh, I, the, the, that was the only reason that play happened. Yeah. You guys don't that when you're you held them up. Yeah, know. you like held them up. That was the only reason I said that. Yeah. I know, I know. Not for any other reason. I'm not I don't need to hear Grogo. Like, let's, br- let's bring a Clay Matthews back this year. <laughs> yeah, I bet we could bring Eddie Lacy back. He's probably the size oh, yeah. of John Coon. I mean, he oh, didn't him for the Culvers. Okay, so <laughs> Bryant has our next guy, Carrington Valentine. This might be one of the like surprising fallers of the draft and where like the Packers weren't in the market for a corner, but saw this dude fall like two rounds later than he should have been picked. And we're like, I mean, fuck it. If nobody's going to grab him, we will. <laughs> yeah. So for the longest time I've seen anywhere between he's him being projected as being a priority free agent to where I think Mel Kuyper had him on his best available for like two rounds. Like the dude was on that screen all day. And I was like, when is someone to take him? Finally, we took him. So uh, good size. He's six foot, 193 pounds, around a four, four, 40. Uh, he definitely has a physical trace, but he's going to be more of a, a man corner. Um, he definitely needs to improve on his instincts and his body control. Uh, he had trouble on double breakers and stuff like that, so he could get burnt in zone coverage, so he's going to need some work there. Um, I think he's going to have to cut his teeth as a special teamer right away to, to stick on this team, but I feel like he's his best football is still ahead of him. He's only 21 years old. Um, he's still improving. He seemed to get better every year. Uh, he needs to become a little bit of a more of a willing tackler. Um, but he's definitely confident, and we love our confident corners, right, like Jaw. So when yeah. asked, he said, I, uh, uh, Carrington said, 
I feel like I'm the best uh, press man corner in this draft class. I went against the best competition in the country in the SEC compared to all the guys who are getting the hype and stuff like that with how I covered those guys compared to them. It looks different and it is different. I just feel like uh, you can turn on the tape and look at it. So he he's pretty confident in his ability. And he's right. Like, think about it. How many wide receivers that got drafted out of the SEC this year? I mean, Tennessee had two go back to back in the second round or whatever it is. So he a lot of times he was covering these people. So he, he definitely has – he's going to need to improve. Um, I don't think he's going to come out and start. I doubt he sees many snaps this year at anything other than special teams if he's even active. But I definitely – with just turning 21, I feel like he's a really good um, – developmental project mm-hmm. and that's exactly what you're looking for in the seventh round so exactly yep i think if you're gonna go watch a game of his go watch the tennessee tape he he's like all over cedric tillman all game and he fr- he frustrated the shit out of him yeah like and i said he gets it. his hands on the, the yeah. person if he's in the if he's in the area if he doesn't get beat by a double move or something like that his he's got really strong hand play he can't catch the damn ball he only had one interception and dropped several other. <laughs> but like, so hopefully he can improve that. Hopefully improve that. But his hand strength is really was really good. You're ripping the ball out of uh, wide receivers' hands and stuff like that if he's in the area. So yeah. if his instincts improve and he can like read um, routes better and stuff like that, he could be a pretty good steal in the seventh round. He had ten passes defense last season. Yep. One thing too with him playing press man is like you know Green Bay is not going to use him correctly and they're going to make him play ten, yeah, 10 yards that's off the problem. receiver. That's my concern. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Hope, I just hope we play like our like our what last so like five six games on defense. Yeah, spread away this year, and I don't think Jaw's going to let anything else happen because, like me and Jake have touched on a little bit when we were doing our um, schedule previews. There's some fun matchups that Jaw's going to want to be involved in like Devonta Adams early in the year and stuff like that uh, obviously he wants to be up on Jefferson so you know DJ Moore is going to be in Chicago I'm two excited times. honestly for for Jair and Drake London yeah so Drake London is about to get taught a lesson that day yeah I was gonna say he can't he's not I don't care how big you are boy yeah <laughs> he can't carry Jaws jockstrap quite yet so um Greg said the Packers should bring back Lewis as a coach or mentor. If he's not on a team, I 1,000% want him back as like a tight ends coach, a tight ends assistant, offensive assistant, however he would want to be involved. Um, He was basically a coach on the field the last two seasons. Um, Might as well just give him the title. I think uh, I I don't think he's interested in that. that. Yeah, Yeah. I think he he definitely wants to try and play this year. But I know he would, he would go to New York, but I think this I heard too that he doesn't want to go to New York because it'd probably be vet minimum and the taxes and the just cost of living there. He'd be playing like like he'd be just he'd be breaking even. He'd be breaking even. So. All righty. So the next guy is Blue Nichols, and that is Simon's next player. Uh, yep. So Lou Nichols, uh, interesting guy uh, pick. Like I said, they brought him in on a top 30 visit. 5'11", 222 pounds, round 7, pick 235. Had an incomplete relative athletic score, but he did 22 reps on the bench and thirty-seven and had a 37-inch vertical, both for around the mid-80 percentile. Uh, 2020, 78.1 PFF grade, 78 attempts, 502 yards at 6.4 yards per clip and four touchdowns. Also had 10 uh, catches. For on 11 targets for 109 yards, 2021 absolute fucking monster. 13 games, 340 attempts, 
1,846 yards, Whoa. which led the FBS nice. at 5.4 yards per attempt, 16 touchdowns. Damn. He had 39 catches on 49 targets, which is extremely good for 320 yards and two more touchdowns. Uh, in 2022, played in nine games, had a uh, was injured midseason, so he had to sit out a little bit. Uh, really pedestrian numbers, 175 carries, 616 yards, at only 3.5 yards per attempt. Had six touchdowns and also caught 21 balls on 31 attempts for 128 yards. Uh, so he's a good one-cut guy uh, with good size and power. And obviously shows the ability to catch out of the backfield, which Green Bay loves. A little bit of versatility, has very good, very good vision, and the ability to create yards after contact. He kind of lacks home run speed and has a tough time getting the edge. So probably not going to play a lot of outside running. Lacks the ability to create plays for himself if the blocks falter and isn't really that great of a pass protector. I think he's an interesting pick. Um, I think he'll be competing with competing with Goodson and Taylor for that third running back spot. Honestly, he's probably going to get go to the practice squad. I think they're gonna they're gonna take one of those two with more experience in the system. They'll cut Patrick Taylor another four times, stick him on the practice squad, bring him up for game day. <laughs> I would like Patrick Taylor to make the roster. The guy's worked his butt off. Yeah. It always stood out to me how like we, Jake and I went to the first practice last year. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Taylor was the first guy on the field. That, yeah. that, I've always remembered that. He wants it. Yeah. Okay. So I have the last two guys, which is Anthony Johnson and Grant Dubose. So Anthony Johnson Jr. is a safety. Um, Gudikins mentioned actually right away his high character, which is always something that's great to have in the locker room. Uh, NFL.com actually put him as a good backup with uh, potential to develop into a starter. And for a guy you're drafting 242nd overall, like I'll take that type of evaluation. Um, he was second team, all big 12, which, you know, it's Jake has said this before and I know it's not, you know, it is what it is, but the big 12, it's one of the little brother power five conferences. It's not the powerhouse that it used to be, but there are still good teams and good football in the big 12. Um, Anthony Johnson is very physical on the field and to the point of a lot of evaluators saying that he might need to uh, just ease back a bit on, on some of his physicality because he plays so downhill. Um, Greg said Anthony Johnson Jr. was a my guy pick. So Greg is obviously a fan. So. Oh yeah, Greg. So his thought process was or is to earn a role and be a great teammate. That's what he said in his interview. That's his that's his thought process. He's another guy. We're just gonna slap the bumper sticker on there. Versatile. <laughs> He's a guy you can line up hot, you can use in the box or deep. And like I said, he's a downhill hundred miles an hour type player. So that's where I'm looking at with Anthony Johnson. Is there anything else you guys wanted to throw out there? Yeah, if you if you had to like make me put money on it for which player fifth round or later was going to play the most snaps this season on actual, not like not including special teams is probably him. I literally think that he has a chance. I know we just signed the guy from the Texans, but I think he has a chance to come in and earn a starting role. And Savage is going to get the, you know, 
get the benefit of the doubt, even though maybe he hasn't earned it because he's making so much money, and maybe he's gonna, you know, come with his hair on fire because he's he's, he's in a contract year. But if he's still playing as bad as he was last year, you might see Anthony Johnson Jr. on the field relatively quickly. Yeah. Um, so I think I, he has a chance to get going pretty quickly. I do think Jonathan Owens is probably going to start alongside Savage. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you're looking at who's your third, who's your third safety. That's where I really think that Anthony Johnson Jr. has a chance to establish himself. Um, and then as the season goes on, maybe compete for one of those starting jobs. Um, Greg said word of the year versatile. That hey, that very well may be. And I think that's kind of a, a Matt LaFleur scheme thing and definitely a Joe Barry thing uh, about guys being able to do multiple things. And that's definitely something that trickles down from Gutekunst because one of the things that he always says is that um, he drafts best player available because you never know what's going to happen throughout a football season. That's fair. So that's why Gutekunst likes drafting um, best player available instead of just trying to plug in, you know, fit needs. Um, so last pick of the draft for the Packers, Grant DuBose. This was Steve. Steve, I don't know if you're watching, but Steve wanted Grant DuBose and the Packers got him. Um Brian Gutekunst credited him for being very good at fades, jump balls, and 50-50 balls. The dude makes tons of contested catches. Um, So that makes me question whether or not he can grow into a very reliable red zone threat if they can continue to bring that out of him at the next level. Um, He's 6'2", and like Jaden Reed, he's another guy who plays bigger than his size on the sheet. He plays bigger than 6'2", and that's where that contested catch, those fades, and jump balls come in. Um, He has a very wide catch radius, which also factors into that playing bigger than he is. And over the last two seasons, these are his stats. 125 receptions, 1,679 yards, and 15 touchdowns. Hell yeah. Um, I don't care that it came from Conference USA, because that's where Aaron Jones came from. So you can miss me with the oh, was it a small school bullshit because I don't care. If you can ball, you can ball. Dude, so it's twenty twenty three. It doesn't matter where you went to school anymore. Yeah. Dude, some so, of the best players come from small schools every year. So I don't buy that stuff. So one thing when you're talking about like small school guys, first of all, it's a seventh round pick. If he doesn't work out, all right. Secondly, he <laughs> dominated them. True. So yeah. it's not it's not it's not like he's just like a guy there. Right. And that's what you really look for. Like Aaron Jones dominated at UTEP. If mm-hmm. you go back and look at his numbers, he was yeah. a monster. So you can definitely miss me with that small small school crowd. Where did Christian Watson come from? NDSU. Where yeah. did uh, Tucker Graff Graff come, come from? SDSU. I mean, Carson Wentz played at NDSU, right? Yep. So he's having a lot of Army Trey Lance. What's that? Trey Lance played. Trey Lance was from NDSU. True. But Carson Wentz had an MVP type season in 2017 yep. before he got hurt. Yeah, Billy no, Turner. He was, he was he was up there in 2017. Oh, he was. He was. If, he stayed, if he stayed healthy at the end of the year, he would. Uh, he, he would, would win probably. Uh, Billy Turner and DSU. Yep. So I, I don't really care for like, oh, he played a small school crap. I'm People can play. Yeah. I mean, I Billy, like Turner, Billy Turner. Billy Turner was a good. He was a good. <sighs> he's getting the bet. You know, he's who. He, he, I mean, he played poorly in the yeah, playoffs, because he, so. was, he was put in a bad position. He should have, he should have, it should have been Neiman. Josh Neiman. But, yeah. 
Bro, he, he in my mind, he talked about back back consecutive playoff games. He has asked for back to back years. I, got it. I hate that guy. But I'm just saying he's still been, you know, a solid starter in the yeah. NFL when asked he was really good you know, the not to play in a position that he's, you know. Nope. I'm not in the mood to have that conversation right now because I hate him because he got his ass whooped. <laughs> I'm just saying a lot, of, a lot of really good players come from schools that you don't typically. Right. I know. I agree with you. you know, I just hate Billy Turner. Uh, you know, Greg said, David let's have a dream year. Let, Greg said, let's have a dream year of playing of Green Bay playing, executing like that late game versus the Vikings. One of my favorite videos of the year was a <laughs> check down from the Vikings, and that receiver had five Green Bay defenders surround and smash him. Hell yeah. That that Vikings game was so fun because it set up oh, the Packers in a win year in situation. Um that yeah, that Vikings game was just special teams touchdown, Blue. defensive touchdown, offensive touchdown, beat down. What was the was the Vikings game the game where Quay Walker just dumped some dude on his face? Was that that game? Probably. Uh, Everything happened. I'm excited for Quay Walker, but man, he needs to I am too. I, I think he kind of learned his lesson after last It'll year. Be all Obviously right. we'll see, but I'm yeah, excited for Quay Walker too. I think he could be a monster yeah, this he year. Could be really, he started putting it together at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah he did. He, There's he a lot of sideline to sideline, man. There's a lot of players who need to have a bounce back year, and if they bounce back, this team's gonna surprise some people. Yeah. Like yeah, that's honestly, like it seemed like uh an unordinate amount of players had like taken a, a down year yeah. last year. It was kind of I think injuries played a part in some of that as well. Like yeah. Andre Campbell, for example. Yeah. So I remember when we when we got Preston Smith, uh, we were talking about it. Or I was talking to somebody. And I was like, it's really weird because he goes like four sacks, eight sacks, four sacks, eight sacks. Last year he had his four sacks. Now this year, hopefully he comes back, you know, at that eight. So it's going to be interesting. So him, Devondre Campbell, if Devondre Campbell comes back, bounce back. Kenny Clark uh, had you know not a not a great season. Josh struggled in some situations too. AJ Dillon, yeah. AJ so Dillon was a big you one. Did you see so. a quote about AJ Dillon? Yes. What, what was it? Got me excited. The coaches want him to run angry again. On, uh, the you're talking about the one on Twitter? He's got that dad strength now. Legit dad strength. So it you're is talking coming. about when on Twitter when someone called him out for like getting tackled? At the no, 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 no. No, that was different. Yeah. The, this was, was this was an actual somebody who matters that said something about him. Oh, okay. It was during the all the, the positional coach interviews that have happened yeah. over the last couple of days that they want to see AJ Dillon run more aggressively. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, they Which, want to see I mean, people for dude, that guys. Oh. Yeah. You know, we, we keep talking about red zone. I was thinking about this when uh, you, you said that about DuBose. You know, we, we keep talking about red zone. We got the tight ends, you know, we got we got AJ Dillon and and uh, Bryant sadly keeps bringing up this stat about Aaron Jones where he only got two carries inside the five-yard line, which really just makes me want to <laughs> strangle somebody. But um, we just have so many options, and now we have a, a mo- more mobile quarterback. Not that Rodgers was, like, immobile, but, I mean, he's 38 years old. Right? As the so, year got further on, he got less mobile. That That's why when he outran Ramsey a couple of years ago, it was kind of oh. like, why are you getting outran by him, bro? He's a grandpa. <laughs> Like you're called the best corner in the league. That's bad look for you. He had um, a he had a he had one versus the uh, the Vikings last year too. Yeah, I know. Dude, you, you can't get all ramped. <laughs> AJ Dillon's entering a contract year too, so I yeah, think yeah. like uh, I'm all in favor of signing him to a a cheap deal now, and then watching him ball out and when having that cheaper contract look like a masterclass. I think I'm he's really in favor of doing that. Just based on what I've seen from his Twitter stuff too, is like 
I think he would love to stay in Green Bay. He like, does not he want to leave Wisconsin. Yeah. He's a mayor of Door County. <laughs> we literally brought up, you know, Kraft and, and Musgrave, like, fitting in the Green Bay. Talk about a guy that just fit in from day one. Yeah. yeah. A.J. Dillon just was just like, okay, I'm going to Green Bay. I'm going to make myself, uh, uh, you know, acclimated with the, my surroundings. And he, he was one of the first people I saw share the post of Green Bay was uh, voted the number one city in America to live. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. he, was, he was like mocking people, why do you live in Green Bay in the offseason? And then he shared that, and it was like, Dude, I love this guy. <laughs> Him and his wife probably love it there. I mean, it's probably you know it's quiet, and yeah. from all all accounts, it sounds like you know Green Bay residents are used to. I mean, they're still gonna fan fangirl and fanboy yeah. a little bit when they see the players, but for the most part, they're you know they might they're not gonna surround them or bother them so much, so they can go in the community and probably not be you know swamped with people bothering them and stuff like that. Because I know there was times that Aaron Rodgers would just go to the grocery store there, like himself. So. It's not going to work in New York. This is the first time I've ever seen AJ Dillon's full name because I had to look. I was looking up where he's actually from. His his full name is Algiers Jamil William Dillon Jr. I don't like it. His name's AJ. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't like any of that. So I'm gonna forget that. More, which actually kind of makes sense. <laughs> Forgetting all of that, I didn't like it. <laughs> I mean, he's from Baltimore. I can't imagine why he likes living in Wisconsin. <laughs> why? He's not getting rained on. Hey, I can say that. I lived right next to Baltimore right now. And it's, I can tell you, it's, you have to stay in the Inner Harbor if you really want to feel yeah. secure. Dude, I went there. I took a wrong turn. I said, turn around now. Turn around now. <laughs> There's a couple uh, good places outside the Inner Harbor, but. Yeah. Well, Harper's, what is it called? Just stay away from the West Side. You'll be all right. Yeah. So I'm going to pop up Michael's comment here. Michael said 13 picks. I like the multiple picks at D and uh, tight end D line wide receiver, lots of new versatile talent. That's been the word of the day. Excited to see how this team develops. National naysayers not expecting much. I see us being okay. And I think as far as initial feelings on how the team's going to be in 2023, I think a, a lot of us are feeling the Packers will be somewhere around 500, maybe a little above or a little below. Um, and that's, that's kind of where our expectations are. Um, you know, none of us are expecting the Packers to light the world on fire. Um, but with the way we do our show, we we choose to see the optimistic side of it, um, but also to have reasons to go with that. So basically what I've been saying is I expect the Packers to be somewhere around 7 and 10 with the upside of being something like 10 and 7. Yeah. yeah. Think, about, think about where Green Bay Packers are right now, too, com- in comparison to our division. We know who we want to be our quarterback this year and next year because we gave him the extension. You can't say about the Vikings because there's been a lot of chatter about moving around for Kirk Cousins. Can't say that about the Lions because I don't think Jared Goff is good enough to get him over the hump, even though he had a really good year. But they just drafted – they took Hendon Hooker, right? Yep. And then, say, Chicago fans will have you thinking that Justin Fields is for sure their starter for the next however many years. I'm telling you, if that team finishes like five, six wins again, I think they're going to start moving – they're going to look to move on from Justin Fields. Especially because he's had plenty of- invested in the offensive line. Yeah, and, and he has plenty of talent around him at this point. Like, yeah, uh, if he if he can't get the job done this year, I think they're probably going to be at their wits end with him because this is right around the time I think they gave him on Trubisky too. They're like, okay, got to go somewhere else. So we'll, well see. He's going into year four, right? Year three, year right. four, year three. His third so year. it's his third year. Yeah, I don't know. Last year when I was talking to Bears fans, they were like, it's basically his rookie year. I'm like, yeah, it's not how that works. Okay, Ben Simmons. Yeah. Um, but That's then anyways, rookie year. I feel like it would be a mistake for the Lions to move on from golf so quickly. I, I, feel I like think they'll give him really like a two-year deal or a three-year deal. 
You think so? I think they'll give him a small deal, kind of like um, what Seattle did for Gino. Gino? I Maybe think it would be a mistake. I hope they but, do do it. Yeah. I hope how talented that wide I mean, how talented that um, roster is, though. If they have a down year, say, finish like something like nine and eight, they're probably like, okay, we got to do something different because there's way too much talent on this team for us to be finishing that. They and I have a guy, they're going to need no. a guy at quarterback that's going to win them games, not just a guy who's going to not lose them games. Eventually, they're going to need that. Yeah, and that's just like San Francisco. Everyone, you know, like the fact that San Francisco is sitting, like I was surprised they didn't do something to find a wider, like a quarterback this offseason because everyone's just like, well, their defense is so good that we should be able to win with any quarterback. Well, guess what? What they end up doing a lot of times or lately is they end up in the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl and they can't get it done because then their quarterback is either injured or just can't get them over the hump when they really need it. Yeah, but you want to know something? Having a good defense costs a lot of money. You know what else costs a lot of money? A quarterback. Yeah, Ask they Green Bay for the last 30 years. I, I still cannot believe they weren't like doing anything they could to get Aaron Rodgers in San Francisco because his cap hit was so manageable this year. But yeah. hey, if is. Green Bay would have traded him to San Francisco, I don't know what would have happened to the internet, dude. Yeah. Either way, I mean, it'd though, be cool because like, we'd have Devo Samuel, but you know. Yeah, I think we can all. Agree. <laughs> I think we can all agree that like, if like. We would none of us would put money on Green Bay winning the Super Bowl this year, like with actually chance of return. So my thought, my thought process with that was like trade them to the best return because we're, you know, we're kind of rebuilding our retooling for the next year or two, and then our window is going to open up. Our goal is if Jordan Love turns out at all, our window is wide open again because of the yeah, young talent. With as young as this roster is, dude, yeah. we have the dude. youngest roster in the NFL. Dude, if Love and this draft hits, I think it is official. And then so. For this season, we should be looking for what Jordan Lowe. Remember Aaron's first year starting. I think we finished 6-10. and 10, But we all knew that he played well enough that he could play in the NFL. If Jordan Love can show us we play, he can play in the NFL, and then we turn around and have two first-round draft picks next year, assuming that Aaron Rodgers plays enough, our window is about ready to it'll, it'll reopen pretty quickly. I, dude, if this is, this is complete dream scenario that I have no really – like factual backing on, mm-hmm. but if Rogers plays those 65% of snaps, say the Packers get the 15th pick again or the 13th pick again, and say the jet, the jets finish second in their division. Cause I still think Buffalo is going to win it. I agree. And they have the 20th pick and you can trade 13 and 20 to get into the top five and the Packers can take Marvin Harrison jr. Oh my God. That would be so nasty. Yeah. I think I'm a Packers fan would like simultaneously. <laughs> oh, not gonna do what I was gonna say, but it's gonna be <laughs> they're, they're, they're gonna lose it. Like, Pac-Fan have you seen that one South Park episode with <laughs> Keddie's dad? You <laughs> shut up right now, <laughs> shut up right now, shut up right now. We've been good the whole episode. Uh, so, so, going back to like, I guess, expectations for the Packers, I think that's another reason why I like the Van Ness pick because I don't think I think he's gonna be somewhat. On like the Gary pathway, maybe yeah. a little less of an extent, but like he has the upside, but he's going to take a little bit of time to really get rolling. And if if we collectively kind of agree that this isn't a year where we're really going to seriously compete, this will be a good year for Van Ness to like kind of get his tools going, you know, fill up his pass rush ability and 
stuff. So that's why this, I really like the thing. I think he has such a high ceiling too. This year should all be about development. Cause just think if yeah. he takes the same path as Gary. So in two years now we have LVN who's Gary and we have Gary who's even better than he is now. And then, you know, that's where I'm talking. That window is going to go wide open if that's the case. Yeah. And then we still have in two years, Jair still only 28. So I yeah. mean, and Kenny Clark's been 26 for five years now. So, yeah. <laughs> dude, we drafted him. I was like, who the hell? And then somebody was like, I think it was uh, our buddy Jason. He was like, he's only 20 years old. I was like, never mind. I'm on board. I'm on board. This guy's talking jaw. No, 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 Kenny, Kenny. Clark. When oh, Kenny was yeah. drafted, he was 20 when we drafted him. I remember being like, I don't even know how that happens. What do you start to call this football? No, at you go three years and when you're 17 and you just come yeah. out. It, it's just funny, like how how big he was as like a 20 year old too. Cause like <laughs> even, even like you're still growing as an adult right. when you're like 20 some years old yeah, up until you're about 25 ish. So it was just funny to see like a 300 pound man at 20 years old. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Anything else you guys want to say about this year's draft class? God, very excited. Uh, very excited. All right. How, how many well, how many picks do you actually think land on the roster, realistically? So this front office is very like hesitant to cut anyone they just drafted. So I bet like minimum eleven of the thirteen end up on that the I roster. Say, I was gonna say nine. <laughs> I, was I don't think. Uh, I, I think Lou Nichols goes to practice squad. Yeah. yeah. So I think we'll I think cut Carl some. Brooks probably goes practice squad too. And oh, I'd, be I'd be really surprised if Carl Brooks went to the practice squad because I don't know that with just with his sheer like acumen of what he did in college that he'll clear waivers. I think we could, I think we'd take like 11 of these guys on the That's roster. Not, I, I think 11 see. out of 13 is I could see Corey or Carrington Valentine and Lou, Lou Nichols. Nichols, but I think we would cut him early enough to get him on the practice squad early enough, right. That'd be, that'd be what awesome. do I know? <laughs> I just work here. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. So I know it's a sensitive subject for some, maybe not for others, but two weeks from today will be our Aaron Rodgers thank you episode. Um, all four of us, despite being sad that he's no longer a Green Bay Packer and being excited for Jordan Love moving forward, uh, June 2nd is going to be our thank you Aaron Rodgers episode. It's going to be our top five moments from Aaron Rodgers' career, it's not going to be what we think are the top five moments of his career. It's going to be what the top five things are that Jake remembers from Aaron Rodgers or his top five favorite memories from Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be Simon's top five memories from his you know, time with Aaron Rodgers. Um, and it's going to be mine and Bryant's. So we're all going to have uh, different five ones. So, um, yeah, I'm we're sure going to have, we're gonna have, <laughs> with, uh, we're gonna have a thank you, Aaron Rodgers episode. So. Um, and we are, uh, still on the fence, still working it out, but we may include Mason Crosby in it as well. Um, cause it does appear so far that Mason Crosby won't be back, but we get the, uh, we get the old, the doors never closed comment, but, um, we'll see if anything else develops within the next two weeks. But, um, yeah, it's like when your plan. wife says, I'll think about it. That's yeah. pretty much what I feel about that whole thing. <laughs> you know the answer is no that never means yes <laughs> all righty jake coming back on wednesday to talk some more brewers baseball um 
And that's that's pretty much where we're at. So we will be back on Wednesday, and Simon and Brian to be back in two weeks. And hopefully seeing everybody there on Monday. Monday. If you're at the Brewer game on Monday, come find us. We will post where we are when we know where we are. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See you guys later. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.